the logic, if you will, of an essentialist is that there are really only a few things that are of exceptional value. so much for tuning in to the essential podcast this is tommy barco with barco financial we're thrilled that you tuned in and are going to talk today about one of the most important things that you do on a daily basis and that is sleep matt's here with me to help unpack this as always matt are you awake i'm awake i'm always awake that's my problem (laughs) (laughs) yeah though this podcast is for you man this is a featured chapter in the essentialist life and is actually a literal chapter in the book Essentialism. It's called Protect the Asset, and we're going to delve into why you should prioritize sleep and give you some tips on how to improve the quality of your sleep and make it your hidden superpower. So, Matt, you read Essentialism. We've talked about Essentialism a lot. Chapter 8, if you've got the book or want to reference it, is called Protect the Asset. And that asset is the brain, the body, and you protect it with sleep. Immediate thoughts or memories about that? I don't about the chapter. um, And maybe some things will come through that were probably there, but I just forgot were there. But I've, I've been paying attention a lot to this. And basically, the one thing that really struck home with me was Mm -hmm. that sleeping is like rebooting the computer. Um, And I actually watched a a pretty cool study. It's how your brain actually repairs itself by some technical term that has to do with your spinal fluid. So it's really complicated, but that's why sleep is so important. Yeah, it really is. The logic, if you will, of an essentialist is that there are really only a few things that are of exceptional value. So most everything else is non-essential. It's trivial, so we're distinguishing the vital few from the trivial many. And if that is the ultimate goal, you know, to protect our ability to prioritize things is our highest priority. And when you don't have enough sleep, enough rest, the batteries aren't recharged, sleep deprivation in any way will compromise our ability to tell the difference in these things that are essential versus these things that are non-essential. It is also important to your health, quality of life, quality of your relationships. It recharges those batteries, gives you energy. But I love the way the book Essentialism breaks down what a non-essentialist thinks about a topic versus what an essentialist thinks. So one thing I love is it says essentialists choose to do one fewer thing right now in order to do more tomorrow. Another thing here, non-essentialists think sleep is for failures. Essentialist knows sleep is for high performers. The non-essentialist, and I'm guilty of this sometimes with kids, is thinking sleep is a luxury. The essentialist thinks sleep is a priority. The non-essentialist thinks sleep breeds laziness. The essentialist knows that sleep breeds creativity. And the last one here, if you're still with us, is sleep gets in the way of doing it all, would be what a non-essentialist thinks. But the essentialist knows that sleep enables the highest levels of mental contribution. And so a mentor of mine used to say, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And I'm sure we've all heard that. He he said that uh, sleep was a necessary evil. And that was a mindset that really stuck with me for quite some time. 
you know, get on with as little sleep as you can and make more of the days that you have at your disposal, the hours that you have at your disposal. What are your thoughts around that, Matt? Well, I think, you know, going back to the very first thing that you said about essentialism, they think sleep gives you that extra hour of work. I go back to that probably very old um, story or analogy about the two guys chopping wood. You got the young guy who's enthusiastic and you got the seasoned veteran who is taking his time and then he stops every hour to sharpen his axe and he ends up cutting more wood than the other guy who's just, you know, keeps blazing along just trying to, you know, smash things as fast as he can. And so that's kind of the the approach that, that I take about sleep and also even the same thing about kind of sharpening the axe mm-hmm. mentally. Tommy, just like you were recently at a regional conference uh, learning about the various things in your field to make you more efficient or make you a better financial uh, advisor. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the take that I that I have is sleep is very precious to me. And, you know, there are some things on this list that I do, but also some things on the list that I need to mm-hmm. do. Yeah, same here. This is a little bit of preaching to the choir because you can get a little lax in this area. It is a priority in my mind. I just have to align the things that I can control to reinforce that, right? So we talk about in our process things outside of our control versus things inside of our control. And some things you just can't control. What time the sun comes up, the fact that there's a birthday party you've got to celebrate on a certain day of the week or a project that's due that you found out about the last minute. You know, all these things are out of our control and can invade our time. But there's a lot of things that we can control, and one is our sleep habits, and this will help preserve energy and productivity the following day, recharge that mental health and all these things we've already talked about. Yep. All right, enough about that. So we've got six things here to help you get better sleep. That's the meat of the podcast, and we're going to dive right into them. The first one, regulate the temperature. So the optimal temperature is somewhere between 60 and 67 degrees. Where's yours fall, Matt? Ooh, so we have the kickback thermostat, and we drop it down to 66. But I am one of those gotta-have-the-covers sleepers, Mm -hmm. not just the sheet. Uh, So recently, I actually bought a brand-new comforter because I've been a little hot. It's called the Lin Spa... I think it's like faux down comforter or something. It's 30 bucks on Amazon. It has 11,000 reviews mm. and a four and a half star rating. And I, I can't admit that it is the one of the most perfect comforters I've had. Um, wow, for 30 bucks. For 30 bucks. The only issue is it is machine washable. Most down like comforters aren't. This is fake down. But mm-hmm. you have to dry it in a certain way, like hang dry it, or so there's, you know, that's that's the only drawback to it is it's not just throw it in the dryer and go. Yeah, that's another important point. So the temperature matters of the room, you know, the air temp, which is the thermostat, but then the bedding, the pajamas, all those things play into that optimal temperature or regulating that temperature. So that's a great point. Everybody check that out. I'm going to do the same. We have a smart thermostat, and it turns the air down as the night goes on, and then, you know, about bedtime, it's a nice and cool 68. So we're on the higher end of that range. I think 60 to 67 is recommended, so we're right there on the top end. But our bedroom is 
kind of off the back of the home and it stays cooler in general no matter what so and moving right along point number two is manage food and drink consumption so you've got to pay attention to what you're eating for dinner and when you're eating dinner or when you're eating these things so you want to avoid large meals too late you want to avoid caffeine after five they say you want to avoid sugary foods spicy foods or real rich foods just in the hours right before bedtime and last but not least you should avoid alcohol before bed you know there's always exceptions tommy and i think if i had a thanksgiving meal and went straight to bed i would be lights <laughs> out no problem with this. is that because of the turkey or just uh, i general? think it's just all the food is it's good food thanksgiving's coming up i can't stop thinking about it but i think there are there are some exceptions you know it's like some of those meals that you eat during lunchtime that mm-hmm. just make you want to fall asleep at your desk italian food seems to be one of those too uh right. I, I think there is some exceptions there yeah there's some true exceptions and there are some that may be misleading so you'll hear people say you know this caffeine doesn't bother me or when i drink alcohol man it makes me drowsy and while some of that may be true, it doesn't maybe affect you getting to sleep or maybe even helps you get to sleep. It can interrupt the circadian rhythm or mess with your REM and you won't get the quality of sleep that you actually need. So that is one aspect. I'll keep that in mind with all of these that, you know, there definitely are exceptions to the rule, but make sure you understand the potential trade-offs. Number three here is a little more philosophical than physical. It is clear your head. So lots of ways to do this, but sleepless nights are often caused by stress or anxiety. There is some interruption that can occur from leftover thoughts from the day, from TV shows, maybe a stressful movie or documentary, even something like that that's not even pertinent to your real world life can impact your ability to sleep. So you want to eliminate all of that 45 minutes, maybe 30 minutes prior. Uh, this is where a good book comes into play. Something not not technology, not TV. Get your focus set on the right thing. It could even be an audio book. That helps some people too. Any expertise to provide here, Matt? Mm, war and peace. <laughs> <laughs> it's you just kinda, go to sleep looking at it, right? Yeah, it's kind of heavy. But um, <laughs> no, I think one one thing to note here too is I did fall down, I think it was a YouTube video rabbit hole, where it was talking about how to fall asleep in 120 seconds. And it was a study done by either the U.S. Army or U.S. Navy, and I tried Mm -hmm. it, and it works really well, and they claim it worked on 96% of the people they tested. But the long and the short of it was pilots were not getting enough sleep, so they had to teach them to fall asleep in chairs or anywhere that they could. And it essentially works like this. You've got to have everything set, alarm set, everything turned off where it needs to be, and you're laying down, right? First step. Next step, which I always catch myself doing now after reading this article, was you need to relax your facial muscles. Um, a lot of times I find myself, if my mind is racing, you know, you can tell your jaw might be clenched. or So you, you have to relax those. You want to relax your tongue. And then you just keep going down your body. So you want to relax your shoulders until essentially you're almost feel like you're melting into mm-hmm. your bed. And then I use from there, I use deep breaths. I think about a beach or someplace nice. 
and I'm able to fall asleep pretty quickly when I use this technique. I don't always use it. Uh, it's kind of my back pocket go-to, but if you haven't seen it, definitely try it and research it. It'll probably work for you. Yeah, it's a great article. I'm glad you brought it up. It's I found one here, a version of it being re-reported called How to Fall Asleep in 120 Seconds, and it is supposedly tested and proven and sounds like you've tested and proven it as well and it kind of connects number three that we just talked about clear your mind with number four which is calm your body and that's a good process for that to relax starting at the top all the way down and clear the mind there is actually one of their last points so thanks for bringing that up check it out if you haven't seen it on to point number five hide the light so this includes any kind of external light coming into the room from outside, inside the alarm clocks, the phones, the light on the TV, anything that is in the room that produces any kind of light needs to be completely hidden and removed or removed from the room. This is a big one, Tommy, especially for me. Um, although I can fall asleep with the light on, one thing, I think I mentioned it uh, maybe two podcasts ago. I think I mentioned it maybe two podcasts ago. It is a blue light filtering app that I put on my phone. Actually, I think it comes with my phone to where you're not getting, you know, as the sun goes down, it follows the time frame. You can set it mm -hmm. and it darkens the screen so you're not getting blasted with blue light because that's something that actually keeps you awake. I think the science of it is sort of blocks the delivery of melatonin um, mm -hmm. by the magic of the human body, since I don't know the yep. answer. Is what I'll leave that at. So uh, that's that's a big one. It has been very helpful for me. Uh, and just avoiding yeah. the phone in general, if you, if you can, an hour before bed is the way to go. The only thing I had to do in my room that took a little effort and attention to detail was I took a piece of electrical tape and put it over the little logo on the TV that stays lit up all the time of uh, the brand of the TV. And everything else was pretty easy. Turn the phone face down and close the doors, close the blinds, all that good stuff. So it's an important one. And the last one is probably the most difficult for me. Number six is maintain a regular schedule. And I'm hoping you have some input here. I remember one time talking with you, and maybe we even talked about it on a podcast, and that was waking up, not only going to bed at the same time, but waking up at the same time. And you said something that I thought was interesting. You said that maybe on a weekend you'd wake up at the same time as you would during the week, even if you went back mm -hmm. to sleep. So you still do that, or how often does that happen? I do. The secret is to get a dog. So it's a little bit of an investment, but get a dog and then feed him at the same time every day, and they will wake you up at 5.20 in the morning if that's when they're fed. <laughs> uh, that's how it started anyway, but then I read that article that said if you continually get up at the same time, I think it was um, – an article by Dr. Jordan Peterson, who we've talked about on the show before, but mm -hmm. uh, I'm still doing it now because I have since coming back from vacation, I have not been doing my workout, but I have still been getting up at 5:20, kind of puts around until I need to get ready and, and get into my normal schedule. So yeah, I, I still do that, Tommy. It's a blessing and a curse. Even if mm -hmm. I stay up late or, you know, if I'm, at some kind of family function that ends really late, like midnight, I'll still get up at 520, but then I will go back to bed. So my alarm just stays set 
and I wake up and it is what it is, but I find it mm-hmm. very easy to get up at the same time because of that. Yeah. Well, we're wrapping up here, but the, the key to this is that it keeps in touch with the circadian rhythm and this natural sleep and wake cycle. And that helps you actually feel refreshed and energized. So in other words, the takeaway is that restful sleep is not only the number of hours, it's getting to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time each morning. So again, this one's a struggle for me. I love to sleep in after long weeks sometimes or on vacations. I've got small children when they were smaller. Sleep was definitely scarce. But a little pro tip here is that if you feel extra sleepy, to maintain that schedule, just take a midday nap. So there's a lot of other information on this topic. We're by no means experts, but it is very important and a key part of the essentialist lifestyle. As an essentialist, protecting that asset is key. If you've got a great tip on helping you fall asleep or improving the quality of your sleep, we'd love to hear it. Hit us up on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Barco Financial. And until next time, get some great rest and keep it essential. Thanks for sticking around after the music. We just have a quick disclosure for you. Securities are offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management, Inc., and advisory services are offered through S.A. Stone Investment Advisors, Inc.